Episode three, talking quarterback free agency and more of the Dan Snyder, more of the Dan Snyder controversy. Any update on that? With your host Oscar Montiel and new co-host Aaron Faxon next. Dude, I could jam out to that intro for days. Ah, you killed it, Aaron. But uh, with that, with that being said, welcome everyone to the Golden Truth episode three. Um, as you, as I stated in the cold intro, there, uh, I'm your host Oscar Montiel, and with my new co-host. And yes, you said you heard me right, new co-host. I found a permanent co-host, Aaron Vaxson. We're here to discuss more of the Dan Snyder controversy, an update on the investigation. And also, we previewed it a, a little bit last week, but we're going to be discussing quarterback free agency, you know, the, the rumors out there uh, right now circulating a, a certain player. I mean, if you read the title, you literally see who we're going to talk about in this episode in, in Carson Wentz. But Without further ado, let's introduce my co-host, Aaron. What's up, man? Technically, everything above my eyes and my IQ. Just kidding. Anywho. Um, wow. So psyched to be your new co-host. So psyched to be here. Looking to talk some, some free agency. And, and looking to talk about some, some other stuff, too. You know, we, we're here to have some fun. We're here to put smiles on faces. And you know what? This is just a modicum of that. It's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. Gotcha. <laughs> Intro part three. No. Oh, again, my bad. I'm trying to remove the. <laughs> no, don't worry, man. Don't worry. So go ahead. For anybody who uh, uh, stuck around for my podcast, Facts Man's Musings on Anchor, I did a little bit of a Super Bowl in review, and it was very interesting when they started. By the way, I wanted to give it like a week to digest and sort of look over what was done. Uh, and um, for the first time, a Super Bowl halftime show, the person who was supposed to do it wasn't totally outshined by everybody else. So that's pretty cool. Commercials were pretty awesome. Oh, um, overall, better this year than it was the past few years. Um, and it was interesting because you look at the way the analysts um, – they talked about L.A. saying that L.A. was going to absolutely destroy Cincinnati. And to me, I almost found this being very – I almost found the game being almost uh, Mike Tyson and Joe Frazier-esque, you know, two 
teams that were evenly matched throwing punches and counter punches. Um, and when and there were times like it was streaky on both sides when defenses stepped up, you weren't scoring. When offenses stepped up, you couldn't stop them from scoring. And um, it was amazing to me. Like kudos to the Rams to have the intestinal fortitude to be able to continue to be able to continue to go and win that championship even after Odell Beckham Jr. went down because losing losing a player like that who just makes everybody around them better can really deflate a team but you but you look at Aaron Donald you look at Vaughn Miller you look at Matthew Stafford Cooper Cup Van Jefferson I mean these guys rallied this team and and really just eked out a very very competitive win a lot of people thought it was going to be a lot of people thought it was going to be much less competitive than it was and that's why i enjoyed watching that game so much you had two teams and by the way like looking at like the first maybe uh the first few the first few quarter like few quarters of play like like there was there was hardly any turnovers on either side. These two teams, with the exception of maybe a couple, of, uh, maybe an interception and a couple of penalties, played very clean games. With the exception of maybe almost getting in, getting in fights with each other over on the sidelines. And let me tell you, it was getting heated. And you know, I look back on this with the eighteenth, uh, with the eighteen week season coming coming up soon. Like uh, or in the eighteen week season being a permanent thing, and I could see these two teams having a genuine head to head rivalry out like out of conference starting based solely on this, based solely off this game. Like this could be the one case where a Super Bowl sparks a rivalry. And in a in a really really good NFL rivalry, you need two teams that could meet regularly, and and both of these teams, having been division champions in their uh, conferences, and in in their divisions, uh, when schedules are made, um, you know, good teams are put against good teams, bad teams are put against bad teams, just to try to even out the playing field a little bit. I could I, when it comes down to it, because uh, this year. Uh, the AFC North was pitted against the NFC East. I could see before too long having the Rams and Bengals meet again very, very soon in a rematch, and it's going to be a highly anticipated rematch. So look out for a rivalry to start between the the Rams and the Bengals. I could see that happening. I mean... Me personally, I don't see okay, maybe maybe during the regular season, whenever they have the inter uh professional That's what I'm uh, referring to. But like the Super Bowl, I really don't I mean I said this that the Bengals they're they I will not be surprised surprised or offended to know that you know maybe they could be a contender. But they are in the AFC, and the AFC is wide open. Like, you know, no one is going to run away with the AFC anymore. Um, you know, Peyton Manning is gone. Patrick Mahomes, you know, he was a, he was an X-factor 
coming into the, you know, coming into his career, but everyone has figured him out. Lamar Jackson can't stay healthy for all his worth. Um, I think he could if the offensive line keep him upright. Yeah, um, but like I feel like the AFC is gonna be a hot potato, and I don't know if Joe Burrow, you know, is gonna make it to another Super Bowl because, like I said, you know, we got all you know the good quarterbacks in the AFC. Um, most of the young quarterbacks, rather said, are in the AFC. So. so- I'm going to respectfully disagree in this. You see every three years, an AFC division gets pitted against an, an NFC division. However, with an 18th week, a team is picked from another division in the opposing conference. I am saying that I think a rivalry could develop in the regular season because even if they don't meet in the Super Bowl... I think that there is a good chance that the NFL could see this as a, you know what? They had a great Super Bowl. Let's match them up and allow the Bengals to get some revenge. Yeah. I see this being a situation where at least two more times in the next three years in the regular season, they could meet up. I could see that happening because you have one year where the AFC North has to be matched up with the NFC West. Then you have another year where whether they are pitted up against the NFC North or the NFC South, where for that 18th week, they have to pick a team from another conference. And I could see the NFL for storyline purposes and, and having people tune in and boosting ratings that the one team they put the Bengals against that is on a, on a, on a different division being the L.A. Rams. Yeah. Um uh, by the way, I don't know if I ever asked you um what is your thoughts? What you know, obviously we had a full season, you know, a full year of it. Um cuz I remember I wasn't a fan and I'm still kind of not a fan of the extra of, of the extra game or the extra week. Um do you think it's a good idea, a bad idea? How did you feel about having the Super Bowl literally in the middle of February? Like I ever since I, you know, kept up with football it was always towards the end of January, beginning of February. And that's what I liked. Like, it was at the beginning of February. Um, now, like, it felt weird, like, do, like watching a Super Bowl a day before Valentine's Day. Again. Like, it felt so weird. Like, what are your thoughts on, like, the extra game? Do you think it's a it bad idea f- or a good idea? From a perspective of – see, like, from a perspective for me as a fan who maybe – wouldn't necessarily like so much change. I think it's not the best idea, but my thing of it is this. When you look at our at interpromotional matchups between teams from different conferences, this is a chance for us to see matchups that we wouldn't normally see. Um, I think uh, I mean I, I mean imagine two teams that you you feel like you never see match up against each other. Imagine like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs getting matched up against Dak Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Imagine if that was just happened to be the extra matchup for week 18. Imagine if that, I mean, out out of conference matchups that you don't know that you don't normally see except for once every three years will happen more often. And again, alluding back to my point before, 
that's going to allow better rivalries to come forward. I think that from that perspective, I think um, it could be a good thing. And I think from an NFL perspective, from an NFL like uh, readings perspective, uh, uh, everybody, all the fans know that the the preseason doesn't mean anything. Yeah. And because of that, a lot of fans don't have patience to watch preseason games because they're like, we have to deal with four weeks of just straight-up preseason games, which, by the way, not all of them are televised. Yeah. When I, when I look at the way television networks are and they're yearning to make more money, I think that this is going to be something interesting to point out. And there, there's another change in the works, too. I didn't read the full article, but I heard that there is going to be a scheduling twist put in with um, the the Monday night doubleheader that comes in in week one for next year. Uh, I think NFL the NFL Mobile through they, Verizon has an article about it. They didn't even do the doubleheader this year, though. They kept I, it one game. So I think that – I don't know necessarily think – the reason they did that, I think, was because one of the games, due to extenuating circumstances, got moved to a different day. And we ended up having a Tuesday night game instead of an extra Monday night game. But well, if you wanna if you want more of Aaron's thoughts on the Super Bowl, even though he literally repeated what he said on his podcast last night, uh the link is in the link to his podcast is in the description. By the um, way, tune in, it's a little uh this this week's uh on Sunday, this week's topic gonna be a little bit different because I went to see uh a circus that was in town called Cirque d'Italia and it's a really it's really good entertainment for the price. So if you want to hear about that as well. Yeah. So like I said, I mean, like I said, Fax Faxman's musings is not just strictly sports. He does what's what's the what's the term? Stand up. Yeah, it's like a life like I call it like almost a, a life show? experience podcast. Life experience. Okay. So because, yeah. Yeah, so you know, check him out. Like I said, the the description, uh, the link is in the description below. Also, check out his Facebook page if you want to chime in on what he should cover. The link to his uh, Facebook page is also in the description. So, all right, free agency. So, free agency. Wow, can you believe we are actually next Monday is the is February twenty eighth. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. I got a doctor's appointment that day. <laughs> Uh, am I gonna see you next Tuesday? <laughs> uh, yeah, you will. It's not till uh, it's, it's it's at eleven. So. Oh okay. Anyways, um, but um, you know, free agency. You know, the new league starts. Uh, I believe March fourteenth or fifteenth. One of those two days. I know it's mid mid March. I know that much. And obviously, the talk of the town during that time period is free agency. You know, who are the hottest free agents? Who are the, you know, who can teams trade for to make, you know, um, take that first step, you know, to becoming, you know, contenders, you know, things like that. So obviously Washington needs a lot of things to go their way. But um, last week we spoke about trades this week, um, although I forgot to mention one player in specific. Uh, to trade for and now i can't think of him anymore because i actually had him in the back of my mind well, well honestly you'll think of him when we're thinking of something totally oh different. actually no I, it just came to mind 
Um, so to wrap up, I guess, the trade conversation real fast, Kyler Murray, um, huh. do you think it's a good idea to get him? Why or why not? And the reason why Kyler Murray, uh, I'm bringing this up, is because Kyler Murray, uh, you know, current, you know, reports have been coming out that he is unhappy with Arizona, uh, either not giving him the extension, uh, not happy with the coaching staff. His so offensive lines cannot keep him upright either. But here's but here's the thing though, Kyler Murray, he's small. Like he's too small yes. for my life. He's too small, and he he has a high say. He's good in September, October, and then midway through November. But when it comes to the latter part of November, beginning of December, beginning of January, that's when he doesn't step up. He chokes because yeah, he chokes. So I honestly don't think it would be a good idea to – is he better than Taylor Heineke and what Washington has now? Yes, but – Not by much. How mu- not that – not by much at all. Like, I wouldn't trade for him just because he chokes and he got smashed by the Rams in that in that Monday night football game. So Look, here's, here's the thing that I think is working against Kyler Murray here. He actually has good building blocks and a good team around him, and he still can't do well. It's it is easy it's, it is easy to say, it is an easy excuse for a quarterback to say, you know, oh, I don't have enough weapons, or uh, my or my offensive line is not keeping me upright. He is a quarterback to me that's got big dog syndrome. He's got a big bark but no bite. Yeah. You can't do anything with it. Yeah, because if you have DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best wide receiver out there. And you still can't get the ball to him. Yeah. Um, you They're actually – and you brought up the offensive line. However, the offensive line is good enough to re- create run, run gaps because um, the Cardinals, the reason why they were winning so many of those games – was because the run game was really good. You have um, uh, James Conner. Uh, Absolutely. Who, who else? Um, what's this guy's name? They used to have David Johnson, but yeah, the, he, yeah. Um, you know, guys like that. They had a uh, Christian Kirk. Um, they they brought Rondell Moore. If you can't win with those guys, because because they're because they're getting, uh, if you have the weapons that they have, then obviously they're a, they're a playoff contender. Because last year, you can make the argument. Granted, looking back at it now, still choked. I mean, he who loses to back to back backup quarterbacks, Kyler Murray last year or the year prior, uh, 2020, 2021. By the way, I would have seen Tavon Austin in Arizona. By the way, oh, okay, uh, he choked. He choked against a no-name XFL or Arena Football League quarterback that the Rams had at the time because I remember Jared Goff was hurt. Um, they lost to not even Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers. They lost to a guy named – what's his dude's name? Nick Mullins or something like that. Yeah, or was it C.J. Beathard? Yeah, it was one of those two. Like, if you lo- – and you all you needed to do to lock up a playoff spot at the time – was win one of those games, and you couldn't do either. And that could have also gotten them a home playoff game. Basically. 
and that and they couldn't do that. And then this year they had the number one seed in the middle of December, and all they needed to do was win that one win one game, and they would have had it locked up, and it didn't happen. So I don't think Kyler Murray. I don't know if in his contract. Um, Because I know that there was something in his contract that talked about that he couldn't make a transfer over to baseball after the time period of his contract was over. I can't remember that. But I remember seeing something that when when he got drafted, because I I think the NFL wanted to make sure that he didn't go to baseball. Um, But uh, like Tim Tebow did. I think like like Russell Wilson-esque over there. Yeah. Um, So my closing thoughts, Kyler Murray, don't trade for him. He's not worth it. You know, 2019, that whole 2019 draft, not that good. You know, you see Dwayne Haskins, where is he? Being a backup to Ben Roethlisberger. And well, he, actually Mason Rudolph now. Yeah, that's true. And and Dwayne Haskins, he's not like, he's not even the consideration to be the heir to uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I could uh, see Dan- Haskins leaving Pittsburgh simply because he's not going to get a chance there. Yeah. Um, honestly, send Dwayne Haskins to Denver. No, oh no, no. I don't think so. I, I mean, don't. I think Denver needs Denver, a quarterback. Maybe Denver can go for Kyler Murray. Yeah, but I feel like Denver Denver would like tr- um, draft a quarterback, though, to be honest. I mean, they're in the position to like trade up and things like that. Do you think that they need to go into rebuilding? No, they just need the quarterback. Yeah, well, if, if you if you you draft a quarterback when you want to rebuild, not when you want to win now. That's true. But anyway, um, you know, anyway, that's 2019. Daniel Jones can't stay healthy for all his, all all he's worth. He's worse know. than Lamar he's, Jackson. I mean, he's good. He's good. And he's beaten Washington, what, four out of the five times that he's played them? Yeah. So, true. but like he's he's just too injury prone. But I'll, I'll say this, he's riding off the riding off the runs of Saquon Barkley. Yeah. But um, we'll we'll wrap up the the trade talk. That was the one player that I forgot to mention last week. Um, but let's move on to some free agency quarterbacks. And here are the list. Um, right now, as of right now, of course. Um, and I think we brought Marcus Mariota up last week. I thought I think I said you know it would be he would be a solid option. I mean I feel like he would fit Ron Rivera and Scott Turner's scheme. Uh. Just my opinion, though. Obviously, they they gotta use him right. If he did, if they don't use him right, then this conversation is invalid. But if they use him right, which it's a guy that fits in their system, in their system, so why not? Um, he would be a solid option. Three. Yeah. Um. Who else? Are, you know. Who else are free? I mean, other than that, um, you Indianapolis know, you got, is making got, a big mistake. Oh, yeah, we can discuss that. But uh, Jameis Winston, if he can come back from his 20 ACL in time, which I don't think so. I mean, th- those are the only two hottest, you know, names right now in the free agency market. I don't know if you if any of those two would would appeal to you at all. It, if it has to be between those two, Jameis Winston is going to be a better fit. And I'll tell and I'll tell you what. Like, here's, this is, like, OK, he wouldn't necessarily be a great fit. But when I see the pattern by which the Washington front office works, I could see them trying to go to Jameis Winston because they're like, oh, 
He's established. He can win right now. Let's just plug him in. And it just doesn't work like that. You can't just slap on. You can't just. uh, This is going to be such a bad analogy. I'm sorry. You can't just slap on makeup if you're a lady and say, man, this looks amazing. You have to be able to understand the contours of the face. Oh, you're going there. (laughs) I I kind of I mean, I almost feel like I have to. I almost feel like I have to. And I'm sorry if there's any ladies in the chat. I'm not trying to be insulting. I promise you I'm not. But you can't just slap on Dakota paint on a car and think, oh. I mean, it is called the Golden Truth for a reason, right? Uh, Yeah, true. I mean, you can't just paint flames on the side of a car and say, now I can drive fast. Uh, Jameis Winston's like the would be like the flames on the side of the car. Yeah, but here's the thing, Jameis Winston. I mean, obviously his, he just turns over the ball way too much, and he holds on to it for too long. Yeah, and and here's the thing, and here's another thing. This year, before he got hurt, because he obviously got hurt, I can't remember if it was the Washington game or if it was after. I think it was after. Um, he was like. Like Washington, if Washington had any comp, you know, a competent quarterback, they could have easily won that game because Jameis Winston was not playing that good. Like until like the very end, where he threw like three straight touchdown passes. Granted, like I said, because of Washington's turnovers, um, but Jameis Winston's not that good. Like the only reason the, James- the Saints were are kicking themselves right now. Thinking that Jameis Winston was going to be their was going to be their future. I mean, they wanted Taysom Hill, but still, like they. Well, Taysom Hill's getting unhappy and thinking about leaving himself simply because the Saints won't give him a chance to be a starter. But my thing of it is, is you've this this is something that I find interesting because you I almost see a bit of a bit of like Marcus Mariota and Taysom Hill. They're they're both very similar in that you could run gadget plays and line these guys up anywhere you want. But I feel, but James Winston isn't all that mobile. mobile no, James Winston's not. I'm saying Taysom Hill is, and Marcus Mariota is. Uh, I know we're talking about James Winston. The point I'm making is that the reason, the only reason why, uh, under any circumstances, that James Winston was able to look as good as he did was because he had Taysom Hill lined up out there as a safety net. Mm hmm. Because you could run gadget play, you, you could you could run the ball with Taysom Hill. You could do direct snaps with Taysom Hill. You could throw the ball out there and have Taysom Hill catch it. Dude is is like I haven't seen that much versatility since Sammy Boa in the in, in Washington in the fifties. Yeah, but I mean, those are the only two names that I could think of. Because everyone else, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, heck no, um, he should retire. <laughs> uh, Tyrod Taylor, no. Um, Joe Flacco, if he's still available, no. Aside from aside from that, you know, those aren't the hottest. Free Andy Dalton, have no. A, 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 re, a reunion with Ron Rivera? No, no. Oh, no, no, no. I know, I know. I'm just messing. Um, but that was a joke. To discuss more of this rumor in detail, so the Colts. What they did last year, so Frank Reich obviously got the best out of Carson Wentz. So what do the, what do the Colts do? They trade for him because they say, oh, this guy can fit perfectly in our system. 
And he flops. In fact, they couldn't win the final game of the year that could have sent them to the playoffs. Um, and I feel like if Frank Reich couldn't get um, Carson Wentz back to his normal self, he's not worth it. Like, obviously, the Colts are going to, you know, they're thinking of cutting him. And Washington is rumored to have interest amongst others. But I feel like, no, that, that would not be a good move for, for Washington. That would be for a mortifyingly fact. horrible move for Washington. But here's the thing. There is some upside, though. There is some upside. I'm saying... I'm saying it's a horrible move for that reason. However, it could be good for another sole fact. Obviously, he faces the Eagles twice, twice a year. So, you know, maybe he could channel whatever he needs to to the motivation to beat the Eagles twice and say, Hey, you know, first off you, you build a, a statue of, of Mick Foles. When I, even though Mick Foles finished the job and took and won that Super Bowl, we were 11 and two before I got hurt first. Uh-huh. Second, um, he can also say, Hey, you guys traded me. For Jalen Hurts, who got smacked in the playoffs last year anyway. So, you know, there you go. I mean, I feel like that that would be motivation enough. But I don't think, A, Washington's offense wouldn't fit him. And you can build all the weapons around him. I mean, he had Jonathan Taylor. He had, who was wide receiver? T.Y. Hilton. Eric Ebron when he was there. Uh, who, Who else was was the Colts wide receivers out there. I know that there were youngsters, so that's why I can Paris Campbell. There you go. Yeah. Um there was another guy that I really like there. Um I like was... I said I thought before he went to Pittsburgh, I thought uh Carson Wentz played a couple of games with Eric Ebron. No, I don't think he did. Um so like if he can't win with with the, a running game and if he can't say cuz he he had the best offensive line in football. He did. Like, not only that, they were the most athletic like short of Kansas City, they were one of the most athletic offensive lines too. So like if he can't if he goes from the best offensive line in football and a decent offensive line in Washington meaning he ain't going to win. He's not going to lead Washington to win. I think like he would win he would have win like what? What what what? Do, how many games did the Colts win this past year? Like what nine, ten? Yeah, I think they were ten and seven. And I think the interesting thing about it is, I think that they had. So if I remember the end of the la- of the last season correct, they had they were actually in a good position to win the AFC South, but they had like a total collapse in week sixteen in week eighteen when they lost that game to Jacksonville. And that knocked him out. Yeah, because I remember they they were red hot. Because I remember they they looked dead in the water. I think they were like they lost to Tampa Bay, and then they won like three or four straight after that. And then all they needed to do was beat the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they would have been in the playoffs. They would win their division. I would have thought like because Tennessee was also on a slide as well. Yeah. Because uh, Derrick Henry was out. 
Yeah, and he didn't come back later, like until he didn't like, come back till the playoffs, and they still didn't lost. do well. Yeah. Um. But well, why would you think it would it would be a bad idea to bring him? That's if because I I wouldn't trade for him at all. Like I would not trade for him. This but is this see this is the thing to me. Like we went back to talking about what Washington would have to give up for him, and I feel like I don't know Carson Wentz. He's in a position where, um, see, I, I, I really feel like, I really feel like the Colts, just, the Colts should just keep him. If I'm being honest, I think that he's only been in there. He's only been there for one year, and one year to me is not enough to be able to show what you can do. I think Carson Wentz has to grow into the indie system a little bit. I think it would take him a lot longer to grow into the Washington system than it would, t- than it would take to grow into the indie system. Yeah, but like I feel like, but at the same time, the Colts are like I think they saw what Carson Wentz did, and they were like, "Nah, not not our cup of tea." So we gotta either play big for one of these big quarterbacks, which I don't think that they would want. I don't think the Texans would te- or trade Deshaun Watson. So either the Colts are hoping they either get. A Aaron Rodgers, a what's this dude's name? Um, we spoke about him last week too. Aaron Rodgers, uh, Baker uh, Mayfield, Cam Newton. Cam Newton's trash, please. Yeah, he is. Um, Baker Mayfield's trash too. Get him out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. I saw. In fact, let's discuss this. I remember you brought up. I think it was like I don't know if it was on like. On the show last week, but I think you, you, you and I were discussing it at some point. It was definitely where... not on the show. It was just you and I over the phone. We were talking about me being on the show, and I was telling you that I saw a video on YouTube that made an argument for why Washington should go after Baker Mayfield. Nah, no, like he's trapped. Like no, <laughs> he like, is a choke artist he, too. He, he played. He like everything. Better saying... off going with Terrell Pryor at quarterback. Like last year, like last year, okay, I gotta give him credit. He ended the Cleveland Browns uh, dr- playoff drought and even won the Browns a playoff game. He but, had David Njoku. That's wh- that's why he was so good. He had David Njoku. But yet they have uh, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham Jr. Well, not not yeah. ODBJ anymore. Well, had at the beginning of the season. Um, yeah. They had you know a plethora of tight ends, Austin Hooper. Um, like you said, David Njoku and Harrison, or I can't remember if it was Harrison Bryant or Hunter Bryant. It was one of those two. I can't remember which Bryant at this time. But if you can't win, and Nick Chubb and... Um, Lamar Hunt? Yeah. Like, if you can't win with... If, if you can't win with that plethora of talent, and you say that Odell Beckham Jr. is the problem, and you <sighs> lose... When, and you lose... When you when he's gone, like that's bad on you. Like that proves that no, like Baker Mayfield is just bad. And I don't care if like no, maybe the senior, maybe he's his he's too thick headed to be a first overall pick. Maybe, but if he comes here to Washington, he'd be even more thick headed. Look at Dwayne Haskins, because you know he was in Washington because he had family, you know, family ties here. You know, he was best friends. Allegedly, with Dan Snyder's son, 
And we'll uh, talk about uh. that. And we'll talk about that pervert here in a few moments. Um, he got too too thick. You know, he's too thick headed. He got too thick headed. So don't keep those thick headed egos away from Washington, especially if they're right now trying to get you know back to what they were in the 1980s, which and early 1990s, even though I don't think it's going to happen uh, anytime soon. But, yeah. By the way, I have a question I'm going to ask you. Hopefully, yeah, I, I don't know if you're playing for this, but I'm going to see what your opinion is. I saw this article, another article on NFL Mobile, and it talked about um, one free agent that each team in the NFC and AFC should keep. And there was one thing that you and I talked about last week when it came to Washington, and that was – having a wide receiver on the other side to open things up for Terry McLaurin. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that there is a wide receiver that may become a free agent and leaving the Los Angeles chargers. And his name is Mike Williams. Um, we'll discuss wide receivers in another stream. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. But so, it's something to think about though. Yeah, like week week this weekly show, like the way that I'm gonna divvy it up, and I think I should have told you off stream, but what I'll explain to the audience members is I don't want to clutter everything up. Um, because I was getting some feedback with uh another you know good friend of mine. I was asking him, like, should I cover all free agency uh things in one big live stream or should I divvy it up? And he said divvy it up so that way it doesn't become more clustered. And I think good point because there are other wide receivers out there um, that are, you know, just as good as Mike Williams. So we'll probably discuss you know, other wide receivers in another stream because I do want to talk more of, of wide receivers in depth. Yeah. And um, but going back, I guess going, it's a good thing. I was just was curious what your opinion was. And going back to your original point, I think Carson Wentz, I mean, Yes, there may be an upside, but it's not enough of an upside. To I think it's just a bad move for Washington, and I think it's a bad move for Wentz. I feel like um, Wentz, I don't think he would be able to handle the scrutiny of being the face of Washington. Yeah. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, it's going to be an intriguing offseason. Um, I think for, I'm, I'm, interested, I'm interested to see if Kyler Murray does leave Arizona. Who goes there in his place? Because I bet that Arizona could be a good spot for wins. Do you think Tom Brady going to be coming back? Oh, because uh, I hear that if he does come back, he may end up going to the 49ers. Apparently, he wasn't too happy with Bruce Arians. Uh, apparently, 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 Bruce Arians worked him too hard. <laughs> if Tom Brady goes to San Fran and Jimmy G stays. I'm going to feel really bad for Jimmy G because at that point he just, it's, it's, it's like going to the DMV. You can't escape going to the DMV and you can't escape being Tom Brady's backup at that point. Yeah. Cause if it, I mean, he was Tom Brady's backup once the, the, the odds of having, have it happening, it have it happening, happening to him again in a twice in a lifetime in the span of two de- in, in a span of a decade, just unreal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's another thing. Like, I feel like if you're gonna get Tom Brady, then why draft Trey Lance? Trey Lance, yeah, yeah, it's true. Because at that, I mean, and and this is the thing. I almost feel like it's it's it, you know what it's so what impresses me so much about the 49ers as a franchise is the fact that they are able to put themselves into a, into a in a position to win, yet still rebuild when it comes to Trey Lance. To me. 
that's impressive. Like, say nothing about the fact that they made it all the way to the NFC Championship with Jimmy G still allowing Trey Lance to be in a in a stage where he is learning the ins and outs of the game from watching Jimmy Garoppolo play. Like, I'm impressed by the way the coaching staff did that. Yeah. But, um... I mean, to wrap up, you know, the trade convo and the free agency convo, and unless I, I, I may have missed a few quarterbacks here and there, but like I said, those were, you know, basically Marcus Mariota, um, Jameis Winston, and if the Colts do release Carson Wentz, um, like, the, they would, you know, those would be the, you know, top, top names out there, you know, quarterback-wise. I mean – Unless you do, is your best bet. I mean, unless you do this, unless you do this, let me know if if you what what do you think of this? If Carson Wentz comes here to DC, so hypothetically, comes here, but Washington drafts a QB to to develop, have Carson Wentz basically give him the Philly treatment. Um, do you think? And here's the thing: Washington could basically. Just sign Carson Wentz to one, to like one year, a one year deal. Like they they won't be tied down like like Philly was when they gave him that big you know that big contract and things like that. Do you think you know maybe I, I, I bring Carson Wentz in for a year and then draft a quarterback to sit behind him and learn? I think that's a good idea for Washington. I think Carson Wentz will not think that that is a good idea for himself, and I'm going to tell you why. This is exactly what happened when Jalen Hurts was there. Even though Carson Wentz was in, was was established in Philly, he got caught under scrutiny, and the fans and the front office and the fan the fan base they all demanded Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. You know, put him in, put him in, put him in. I feel like you'd be setting yourself up for a situation where if, I mean, because the scrutiny in Washington is even more severe than the scrutiny in, in Philly. To the point where, if Carson Wentz were to make were to make mistakes, there'd be demand, and I mean a strong demand from an entire community to say, "Wentz, you go to the backup spot and bring in the new guy." Yeah, I think if you can if you can look at both of these quarterbacks and say, "This is our plan as a team." Do not, under any circumstances, pay attention. To what the media says, if if you have to answer interview questions, and they ask about the possibility of, and they ask about um, the starting position and how you're playing, you just say focus on one game at a time, and then and only then could you maybe get away with bringing in Wentz for a one year deal and having him mentor a drafted quarterback. I also think that you also have to make sure that the salary cap room matches the ability to do that because there's already an established value for Carson Wentz as it is. I think that if Washington were to go that route to bring him in, I think instead of doing that with Carson Wentz, you might have better luck doing that for Jameis Winston because I feel like the vet, what you'd have to give up for Carson Wentz would actually be higher, believe it or not 
than what you give up for Jameis Winston. Yeah. But, yep. That's conversation. That's quarterback conversation, y'all. <laughs> it's 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 golden, my friend. Anybody in the chat say anything? No, it's right now. It's just two people. Two people in the chat right now, and one of those people is me. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, but um, I guess it's time for the main event of the evening, and that is this, <laughs> the discussion regarding Dan the pervert. Snyder and no pretzels involved at all, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so here are the here's some updates regarding that, and apparently, the NFL or the NFL wanted or back more backstory. Beth Wilkinson conducted the, the first investigation on Washington, uh. I think it was like what mid 2020 when everything changed with her name change and, and things like that. And when she f- finished her investigation, uh, she recommended now this came out uh, the last month or so she recommended to the NFL that they strip Dan Snyder of the ownership. Now the NFL didn't, do anything about it they were like nah she did way too much she did way too much digging um we'll we'll you know if something surfaces up again you know we'll probably do something different and obviously the the john gruden situation where he had like what a hundred thousand of hundred thousands of emails come out and then that's how the washington um investigation got popped up again was because uh, Bruce Allen, the then president slash general manager of Washington, was a part of that that uh, text. And then obviously, who who else was tied to Bruce Allen? Dan Snyder. So, so then because of pressure, uh, more you know, they decided to reopen up the investigation. But this time, they decided to bring in a new investigator. In oh my god, I'm gonna. For- uh Mary Jet Mary Jane White, I want to say, or Mary Mary Joe White or something. I don't know if you watched the video that I sent you. It was like a 20 yeah, minute clip. I did. Um please correct me if, if I'm wrong about the name, but um and she's mostly known for uh what was the what was the controversy? The bounty gate uh investigating oh, yeah, yeah, investigating the flight gate, things like that. Do you think that um, she will cater to the NFL, become the NFL's puppet, and say, you know what? Um, we did because I feel like the NFL they didn't like Beth Wilkinson investigation because they wanted to bury, basically just keep it buried because they like to protect Dan Snyder for some odd reason. Um, they like to protect Dan Snyder because I feel like I, I, I feel like Dan Snyder has gotten to a point where he has so much tenure in the NFL that to have bad things surface about Dan Snyder, uh, it would, it would, it would cause the rest of the NFL and it's in its front office and commissioners and owners to be vilified f- for guilt by association. So I do think because of that, um, I, I do think, uh, I do think Mary J would be, uh, uh, uh the NFL's puppet. Uh, I think that, um, I, I, I honestly think that it's a possibility that she could be that her it, she could be extorted for what she brings out to the public for her investigation 
in that, you know, if you bring anything that's too harmful to Dan Snyder, because we have been associated with him in the past, it's going to vilify the rest of the NFL, and we can't have that. Yeah. I mean, I just, I want the saga to be over. I want Dan Snyder to be stripped. Like, it's what's best for the franchise. But even then, here's here's the thing that I think about too. As okay, Dan Snyder, it's obvious he needs to go. But I made this point last episode, and I said it's not just that Dan Snyder has got people in place in the front office who are going to do whatever he wants to do there. But they're a bunch of his yes men to a point where I think you have you have to really evaluate the franchise and see okay like who is best to keep in there i think once it once and if dan snyder goes you almost need to completely wipe the team maybe i can't believe i can't believe i'm saying this considering he's only had two years as a part of the team but ron rivera might be might be the only coach worth saving at this point Oh, that's inter- that's an interesting fact. Why? I I've, again, I feel like uh, like Washington made a decision when it came when it comes to the players on their team to go younger. Maybe it's time they went younger in the front office too. I mean, they got uh, the front office is. Com- I mean. Here's the thing that I have against Ron Rivera, and I'll address uh, some of that con- that the, the chat here in a second. But here's the thing: like Ron Rivera brought all of his dudes, like he brought Marty Herney, uh, Martin Mayhew, and they failed bringing in free agents, taking you know doing rookie things like that. Like they failed their first year together as a you know as a trio. Uh-huh. Um, on the business side of things, they do have a young guy in um, Jason Wright, uh-huh. and I think he's like, I want to say he's like in his like mid thirties or something. I know he's yo- I know he's young, like I know he's not that old. I think he was like I think, and he's a he and he's a um, African American, um, a business manager or whatever they call that 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 position. They also have um, a social media ambassador who who's a woman, and at the time, like I want to say three years ago, they had a they had a man, you know, do that job. So they they changed that up. I feel like the front office on the football operation side of things is is garbage. But I feel like Washington did jo- you know good job on the business aspect of things. Now, if it is for Dan Snyder to like keep the heat off of him, then no, that that was just a poor, poor, you know, that was poor on his part, you know. Oh, look at what I did, you know. They say it's an unsafe work environment, but I hired an African American business manager. I promoted a woman to be the social media ambassador or whatever they they call that, you know, position. Um, uh, there is like some coaches that are female here. Like, no, I feel like it doesn't Good matter. Decisions, but for wrong reasons. Yeah, exactly, exactly, correct. And and I look at I look at the way the front office is right now, and I'm sorry, but like, it's it's kind of like you eating a bag of Doritos 
or, and you've got the, the, the chip dust all over your hands and you just wipe them on your pants. Your pants are dirty now. What are you going to do? We're going to wash them or not. You need to, you need to wash out. We need to wash all the dance, dance Snyder stain off of the, off of the franchise. But I do want to address uh, Jason Alamy on the chat. Thank you for stopping in, man. Um, so he says, and this is regarding the, you know, Beth Wilkinson comment saying that the NFL, you know, brushed off, uh, you know, Beth Wilkinson's re recommendation of stripping Dan Snyder. But he says that if it was Jerry Jones being investigated, they would, you know, and if Beth Wilkinson would have recommended the NFL to strip um jerry jones they, they would have done fo it. Fo followed through your your thoughts yeah. on that i agree i agree and i think um i, I think this comes down it, it's inter it is it's very interesting this goes back to the double standard that i was saying that there are certain franchises that are seen as elite and there are certain franchises that are not and i think both washington and dallas are at, are at the point where um both so both sides are not seen as elite however i think um dan, i think dan snyder again uh, the reason that they didn't follow through with um the with with the investigation in terms of dan snyder is i, I really think that it's easier for like when you compare dan snyder to jerry jones it's a much it's much easier for the NFL to detach itself from Dallas than it is for them to detach themselves from Washington. Does that make any sense? Yeah. And I think it's because of that that if Dan Snyder, if the investigation proved to be true in reference to Dan Snyder, then you would have the rest of the NFL being guilty simply by association. Yeah, I mean. We'll have to wait and see. Let's. I mean, the way. I mean, if Beth Wilkinson, if they decided not to follow through Beth Wilkinson's recommendation, and they decided to investigate with a whole new investigator, I mean, the best case scenario, the the this um, Mary J. White or I, I know her first name is Mary. I don't know if I, um, if she says the same thing and the NFL. Finally, it's like finally, like breaks down and says, mm, "Okay, fine. We'll we'll see." Um, that's the best case scenario. They they actually listen to two investigations that say we recommend you force Dan Snyder to sell the team. Oh, fun fact! And I forgot to bring bring this up. She actually brought up the fact that she she actually investigated the Panthers, the the Panthers' former owner. So my thing is. Maybe there is light, in, like, like uh, you know, what's the saying? Light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe oh yeah, she, maybe there's maybe there yeah maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel yeah. Yeah, so like maybe you know they she she does the job, but you know we'll see, um we'll, we'll see. Uh, question though, would you choose Dan Snyder or Jerry Jones? Can't we? I'm saying this. I never thought I would, but I might choose Jerry Jones. I might choose. I, I, I think uh, he has inherited a big, I, I think Dan, uh, Jerry Jones uh, is able to handle a pressure-based situation a lot better 
than Dan Snyder does because I feel like Dan Snyder has made good choices, but for bad reasons in terms of like the name change and, and various things like that. Whereas I, I think even though it doesn't always come across that way, and even though there are times when he may be too hands-on, at least Jerry Jones has good intentions for mm. the Dallas Cowboys organization and for the fan base at large. I, I, I really want Jason to chime in on the chat here. Um, Jason, try to try to type as fast as you can, because right now there's not much to not much else to discuss. So I want I want to dispute it, but like me personally, Jerry Jones. I feel like because here's the thing, and I I got the, I got this information, and we'll discuss this information when we talk about receiver uh, free agency and, and potential trades as well. That the Cowboys are thinking of cutting Amari Cooper. Now, that's a mistake. Yeah, that's when when I heard that, I was shocked. I was like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "By the way, did you? By the way, did you see the uh, that little clip?" Uh, in the in the Niners Cowboys game where uh, the punter punted the ball, and they had to redo it because it bounced off the uh, the, the big screen in the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. I know but, that's off topic. We're talking about Cowboy stuff. No, I, I get no, it. But it's just like, I mean, like, so the way that I see, it, like, when I because Jason and I were talking about it, like, and when he 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 was the first one that brought it, he was like, "Yeah, Amari Cooper is gonna come." I was like, "Wait, wait, what?" I was like, they're cutting. They're thinking of cutting their best weapon. I was like, and I initially said, I think the argument for doing that is is that they think their best that, that they think Ceedee Lamb is their best weapon and not Amari Cooper. And the truth is, it no, is Cooper. No, yeah, because they're they're a good tandem. And if you want to add a trio, you add Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and uh, what's this dude's name? Ma- Michael Gallup. Oh yeah, they're they're the, they're they're a good they're a good trio. They're gonna be getting Des Bryant flashbacks, basically. But like, <laughs> and I now mean, he's in Baltimore. Uh, Des Bryant is. Yeah, but I feel like if Amari Cooper gets cut, that he would be a hot name in Washington when he when Amari Cooper um, was a free agent after his you know for, you know when he got traded to Dallas, Dallas didn't even want to re-sign him. Like they took forever to like give him a, a long-term deal. So Washington initially wanted to break the bank and get 20 mil. Uh, uh-huh. You know, they offered him, tw- I think it was like 20 mil or something like that. And he said, no. So if Dallas cuts him, I feel like Washington should, should go after that. Here's the thing that I think is going to end up happening. I think if that were to happen and Washington goes after him, Dallas would try to bend over backwards and break their own banks and then make him sit on the bench just so that Washington wouldn't have him. You could have like a Deshaun Watson situation without the off the field issues. Yeah. It's so crazy. I can't believe like they're thinking about like, Oh my gosh. That's like Plexico Burris shooting himself in the foot. (laughs) Oh yeah. I remember that. Dallas is Dallas to get rid of Amari Cooper. Would be the equivalent of them shooting themselves in the foot, of um releasing Odell Beckham. Oh my gosh! Oh gosh! Oh, and then to top it all off, 
like when, when Dallas got rid of Randall Cobb because he was he was doing well there too. Oh yeah, like there was no like when Randall Cobb was there, he was actually productive. Like I feel like um he was basically the CD Lamb, just older, he was just older. And it was interesting to me that because I I feel like Aaron Rodgers had been missing him for a long time, Randall Cobb. Yeah. To 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 go to. Because he had a chance of leaving Green Bay, but he one of his demands for staying was he said, "You go out and you get Randall Cobb and you bring him home." That's what he said. Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers were a fantastic combination, probably but to like, the level of what yeah, Donald but- Driver was in his prime, and you could even say it was rivaling what Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers have right now. Yeah, but like Randall Cobb is back in Green Bay, and he didn't do much. That's because they didn't have Aaron Jones all year, to, a running game to back him up. Yes, they did. They had, and even if they didn't have um, Aaron Jones, they had AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon was actually pretty decent. Dillon was very was pretty decent, but he was streaky. Like there were certain times where he would run. And he'd run really well, but then you put him up against like interdivisional teams, like teams inside the NFC North, and he would struggle a little bit. Okay, so Jason Alomio said that they the Dallas Cowboys need to keep Amari Cooper and use him more. I agreed, think... agreed. Because here's the thing, and I forgot, Jason. I forgot to um. I think you forgot to mention this, like. Because he was blaming, or not blaming, but he was saying saying that Kellen Moore didn't use the the pass game or Amari Cooper the best way, and here's why. And I think um, there's a, I feel like Kellen Moore's offense is more run first, not pass first. You need to use wide receivers in the run game. But like, no, but I'm, that's what I'm saying. But I feel like Kellen Moore because. What would he? What he? What he? What did he do? He would use Zeke and Tony Pollard. Zeke and Tony Pollard, and only when they're like in third and long, or when they wanted that you know play downfield, that was the only time that they used wide receivers. Yeah, no, definitely agreed. And uh, so, so I feel like to... it's more of, and I'll and I'm agreeing with Jason here because he said this. Kellen Moore's the problem, and Dallas ain't are too loyal to let this offensive coordinator go. Yeah, I think they are. And um it's interesting it's inter- it's just very interesting how 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 this is the case for this kind of thing to happen. Like I I think it's getting to a point where if they do let him go and I mean if Washington were to take him, my gosh, they'd be unstoppable on offense. They'd be they'd be big yeah, play machines. Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper Whoever the slot receiver is gonna—I mean, if Curtis Samuel can stay healthy, he can be that slot, the 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 slot guy or the gadget guy. I'm telling you, Mike Williams could be a good slot receiver. Mike Williams. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know, Ron Rivera. I don't have faith. You know, Ron Rivera saying we'll explore all options. He said that last year, and we ended up with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Curtis Samuel, who's injury prone. Hmm. Um. Yeah, and he didn't do anything else. I mean, he brought Charles. Um, I mean, he at least he fixed the offensive line because the offensive line was decent. Let me yeah. see what else. Uh, aside from that, nothing else of note. But by, by the way, you brought up um the centers and everything. Um, 
I don't know if you saw this, but the other thing in the article uh, that the NFL, the NFL Network was talking about was how um, the Ravens uh, had uh, had a guy named uh, Mike Bozeman who uh, was uh, becoming a free agent. And not only was he a good center, but he was also used used at defensive end. Yeah. So that's somebody that if the Ravens don't keep him, Washington could go after, and he could fill that spot where Trent Williams used to be. Yeah. Um, so Jason and I are still discussing about the Amari Cooper. Um... We appreciate your input, by the way, uh, Jason. Yeah, he was stating that like even when Amar- when even when they would when even when Kellen Moore would um you know call play passes, they would use guys like Noah Brown and Cedric Wilson. And Cedric Wilson was actually he's actually pretty solid, but they used him way too much. And of course, Dalton Schultz, who's a tight end, but um they used him more as a as a wide receiver too in the in the red zone instead of Amari Cooper. By the way, um, I, I, I'll ask you, got you this question, and maybe Jason can comment about this in the chat, but what do you think about making designed quarterback runs for Dak Prescott as long as he slides and protects himself? Because that could also open things up for um, wide receiver runs and I mean, the only Ezekiel thing, Elliott and Tony Pollard. Like I said, I think he's, you said it best. If he can you know, protect himself, because he's pretty good when he runs. like He gets like big gains. Like they always say, like, because the one thing that was interesting was in the like, I think two years ago, they had an offense where when they got inside the 10 yard line, you had to worry about everyone, including Prescott. So I, I think if they can get back to that as well, I could almost see the Cowboys being somewhat like Baltimore was the year that they were rushing for close to 300 yards a game. Yeah. But, like, you said it best. If Dak Prescott – because I feel like Dak Prescott is more of a passer than, than a runner. I think he can run when he has to, and I think he's got deceptive speed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I Yeah, I agree with that. But – oh, wow. Like – but, um, already, y'all, we, we crossed the one-hour mark. I would have made, would have liked to make this a, a longer episode, unless you got anything else to to address. I do not personally. Um, I I will say um, on the next on the next episode, I'm going to try to look up this oh. article again. Pl- hold, hold. I'm trying to find the. Oh, he said Prescott is mobile. Uh. He can move quick, quickly, and but protecting himself is a big issue. And he's one of the quarterback that needs an offensive line that can move. Probably. I mean, he has the offensive line because the offensive line is actually pretty decent. Like they're they're one of the top offensive lines in the league. Oh yeah, Even, no, I, I mean they're they're filled with old people that always get hurt, but still. Well, to be able to have the number of combinations they've had and still do as well as they did. I mean. Yeah, and if they're still able to, you know, provide run gaps for Elliott and Pollard, then not to mention getting some of the wide receivers in, in the running game. To me, I think would be a good idea. 
I mean, they, they. I feel like they could use maybe like CeeDee Lamb in those jet sweeps. Yep. I think that's what they need, honestly. Because the other thing, too, is, is Ezekiel Elliott is also a really good pass catcher, and people don't realize oh, yeah, that he yeah. has that talent. But, alrighty, y'all. That was episode three of the Golden Truth Podcast. Um, oh, as soon as I as soon as I want to end this, uh, <laughs> now the now now that now the chat is active. Now the peanut gallery joins in. I'm just kidding. You know, you know what? What would you think of? Doing this as a three-man booth, Aaron, because I think um, let's bring you know, Alamo in. If um, if if Jason, if Jason can, if if we can, because he he lives in the West Coast, um, so it, it would have to depend on him. Um, reach out. We can reach out to him and see what he thinks. If he's yeah, able to make the time, then we can give him it. Yeah, he's he's a really cool guy. Oh, I have um, no doubt. Yeah, he's a, he's a even though he's a Dallas fan, he's he's really cool. I mean, you know he. You know, we give each other hard times about our channels, but you know, I respect them, even though I hate baseball. Um, but he does hockey content, and uh, I like to tease him. Other sports stories. Yeah. So, but um, I'm down, man. I'm down. But I do want to address some final chats here before we we head out of here. As soon as I can find them. Oh wait, he texted them to me, but um. Sorry, if you text it to me, it's not valid. <laughs> that, that, that's the rule, Jason. You gotta, you gotta put it in the chat. Anyways, um, already, uh, uh, we're out of here. Um, we'll, we'll think. You know, maybe Jason. Oh, oh, okay. I was like, oh, so you decided to fire? I told you, Jason. You can text it to me, but if it's not in the, if it's not in the live chat, it doesn't count. Yeah, because how am I supposed to know what you said? Exactly. But um <laughs> already y'all. Uh, let me see if I can uh, of course my laptop. Jason, you're you're cool, brother. We just give you a hard time. We got we gotta do it sometimes. Yeah, we gotta we gotta bust you a little bit. It's just how we it's just how we be. Uh can you still hear me? Yes. Okay, but Bro, you're good. You're good. Um, all right, y'all. Um, that will do it for the Golden Truth podcast. Um, oh man, it's just I remember that I have I have you in my right ear, and then I have the YouTube video on my or my the YouTube live stream on my left. Sounds like you're getting some feedback, even though you're really not. But um, all right, y'all. Um, make sure uh, y'all. You know, subscribe to my channel if you're new. Granted, I don't know if people are watching, aside from Jason. But um, also make sure you guys check out Faxman's Musings. Uh, links are down there below. He'll be discussing. Aaron, help me out because I can't. It's um, I it, I will be discussing a, a, a circus that I went to see called Cirque d'Italia, and it's a really good entertainment for a really good price. All right, so you guys make sure you guys check them out. Uh, it's on Sundays, right? Uh, yes, uh, I, I I I experimented on doing episodes on other days, and that one just seemed to be the most uh, the most advantageous. Yeah, and this is a podcast, y'all. So 
Um, this will be on the podcast platforms. I'm also taking a page out of Aaron's book. Ha ha. Um, I'm actually uploading each episode on Sunday on the podcast platform. So wherever you have your podcast, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple podcast, um, you know, anchor breaker, Spotify, breaker, Spotify, things like that. It'll be on Sunday. So look forward for an upload, but all right, y'all we're out of here. Peace.